So uh, I want to start off by basically saying that it is, in, to, to us, it may not be so easy for us to uh, understand this analogy uh, or metaphor of uh, the good shepherd because we, unlike these, uh, these people of Israel at this time, have never shepherded sheep. We have, have never observed sheep. But the best example that I can give uh, in our house of what it means to shepherd would actually be my daughter, Sarah. And what I mean by that is we all, uh, each one of us, if y'all know we're kind of dog crazy, we have four dogs. And the, the youngest and the uh, most rambunctious of our dogs is Rocky. And Rocky is Sarah's dog. And... Uh, it, I will put it this way. This is a good example of what a good shepherd that Sarah is. If that dog is at a food bowl or if that dog is at my feet and I am petting that dog, it does not matter when that dog hears Sarah's voice and she calls Rocky, Rocky runs instantly. Denying the food bowl, denying the petting. And for me, when I see that, it's a reminder that that is the sheep that I want to be to my Lord and Savior. And I hope that for each one of us, that our greatest desire is to follow Christ in our lives with everything and with full obedience. My aim with the scripture this morning is to use the words of Jesus Christ, the Lord and the head of the church, the one who is both, as he has claimed, the door and the sheep, door of the sheep and the good shepherd to test yourselves in both of his claims, these titles, and thus, most importantly, your relationship to him. Do you hear his voice and do you follow? Please note my wording here, your relationship. For as Christ just described, if you are his sheep, you will know him. This use of the word know in the Greek is the word gnosko. Gnosko is, is used here, it is the same word that is used in Genesis 1 to, to between Adam and Eve. This know is that same form of know. It is this picture of intimacy, this beautiful relationship. And that, that is what is meant by Jesus when he says that his sheep know him and that he knows them. Now, that may seem a little difficult for us on this side because we tend to think of the fact that we don't know him as much as we want to, do we? We want to know him more. But the solace here is that he knows us. And that as our relationship with him grows, we so, in the same respect, know him more and more. So the big question is, do you have a personal relationship with Christ? Is he your good shepherd? If you are in Christ, my hope is that you will be greatly encouraged as we look at his omnipotent power over the church and his entire creation to worship him for all that he is. Many of you today are quite familiar with the seven I am statements of the gospel of John. These statements our Lord used to lay claim to his deity as the Son of God. Of the seven I am statements, I am the good shepherd is the fourth. 
There are three that lead up to I am the good shepherd and three that lead away from I am the good shepherd. In much the same way as his statement, I am the bread of life, caused division, so will I am the good shepherd. Jesus uses it to point out why they are divided. Many were repulsed by his proclamation that you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And so they no longer followed him. In the same way that Christ explained that no one can come to to come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, Jesus would double down on that claim as the good shepherd. And so it is today. Do you have an affection for Christ? Do you hear the shepherd's voice? Though it was a very common vocation and much used metaphor, this shepherding, it would land flat upon the ears of these strangers or hirelings that they were attempting to lead this flock of Israel. Their historical choice in this time of shepherd would have been David. We all know the stories of how David was the excellent shepherd. He defeated the lion. He defeated the bear. And so this was the shepherd that they loved historically. But each person that was there, every person would have understood that the true shepherd was the Lord himself. That is why if immediately we think that the reference from uh, the 23rd Psalm The Lord is my shepherd. And of course, also in Psalm 80, he uses the Lord being the shepherd of Israel. And so it was commonly understood. So what is meant by Christ in his claim to be the good shepherd? The word good, or kalos, as it is in the Greek, means beautiful, worthy, beneficial, and of inward good. It was not just this simple phrase of good compared to bad. It was this picture of a beautiful, beautiful shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the shepherd that had no match, the only shepherd that anyone would want to follow without question. This was the good shepherd and is the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it is the same good that we see as God used to describe his creation in Genesis 1. Jesus would further antagonize these false leaders, claiming that they had climbed over the fence, calling them thieves and robbers. Their their response to this was to claim Jesus to be insane. He's demon-possessed. This was their common accusation against him, Because in the end, they did not want the people to follow him. And we all understand why. Because they were afraid that they would lose their positions of power. They were the hirelings who did not truly care for the sheep. They had no concern for the sheep except for to receive a paycheck. That's who they were, these false religious leaders. But we know that those who are the sheep would not follow them, would they? Jesus promised that. Jesus uses these I am statements to contrast himself and Israel's false leaders. In doing so, he draws their attention to the present fulfillment of Ezekiel 34, 1 through 17. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there, and I'm going to read that. It's Ezekiel Chapter 34, 
verses 1 through 17. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who, has been, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have strength. You have not strengthened the sick, you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there is no shepherd, but because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, But the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer should the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As your shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will respond, I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples. And gather them from their countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherds of the sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up their injuries, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. This, of course, is the exact description of what Jesus is there for. Because he is the Lord. He is the one who is there to rescue the sheep from these false shepherds, from these hirelings who have not done as God was pleased with. He is the exact representation, Christ is, of the good shepherd that Ezekiel has prophesied to come. From these scriptures we have read, we will find three key key points 
of powers and promises that are demonstrated in Jesus being both the door and the good shepherd. Number one, all that hear, all that hear his voice come to him and are saved. His call is an effectual call. In verse 7 of John 10, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. Would you note that word will? This is a promise that if you hear the good shepherd, you, know, you will know him and you shall be saved. That is a promise. He also promises his sheep abundant life. This, I believe, is probably one of the most misinterpreted uh, scriptures in, in, in one of in the Bible when it refers to abundant life. This is not a life of whatever your flesh desires. That's not an abundant life. It is not health and wealth. No, for many who have much live in misery. Many who achieve their wildest dreams are left empty. Many who achieve their great, great riches and possessions take their own lives. This is something that we see on a regular basis these days. The truth is that over and over again, we're left to marvel at how someone who could achieve all that they had ever desired would end up alone on a cold bathroom floor. We see this all the time. This is not an abundant life. The abundance that is stated here, this abundant life, Calvin refers to as a fullness of life that is growing in the believer. It is the work of the Spirit which eradicates the flesh, sometimes slowly and methodically by progressive sanctification. It is the work of the Lord in us to bring us to an abundant life. He replaces those evil desires with a desire for Him. The Good Shepherd shepherds us in this way. And we must praise Him, for He changes our desires and He increases our affections for Him. Do you hear the Good Shepherd's voice this morning? Have you entered by the door? Number two, he holds so sovereign power over his life, not only to lay it down, but to take it up again. In this is found our promise of eternal life. They declared him crazy to say a man could give his life, but then take it again. The only person who could ever lay claim to that would be the good shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is the centerpiece of our faith that Jesus' obedient substitutionary death on the cross. His willingness to stand in our place and endure the wrath of the Father in taking that bitter cup. The Father turned his back on Christ. That is something that we will never experience. We will never have to experience that because Jesus took that for us. Many times we look directly at the physical pain that he went through. And we are deceived by looking at that physical pain. As we walk this life where we are growing to love the Lord more and more, as our, flesh, our, our heart has become flesh, we recognize that the most dreadful thing that he would have ever have experienced would have been the Father turning his back on him. But praise God, we will never experience that. Because he took that for us. 
I ask you, could there be a greater love? Could there be a better shepherd than this good shepherd who would give his life for us as sheep? Certainly not. He indeed is the good shepherd. In this statement, our Lord and Savior declares his ultimate authority on not only his life, but over his entire creation. It is here in verses 11, 15, 17, and 18 that Christ declares that he lays down his life for the sheep. He does not give authority to anyone to take his life. In this Jesus' commentary on his own death, he will deny that anyone has the power to take it. Not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the scribes, not the chief priests, not the elders, not any of the religious leaders of Israel that he has just referred to as thieves and robbers, liars and murderers, not Herod, not the Roman soldiers, not even Pontius Pilate will take his life, for he will lay it down. His blood was poured out for us. It was not spilled. He will give his life to redeem his sheep and only his sheep. Note with me in verse 17 that he declares his purpose and plan in laying down his life. He declares that it, it is that he may take it up again. This is him promising his resurrection. A perfect picture of his substitutionary death to bring us from death to life. The same that he would do for us in giving us this abundant life. How many of those so-called religious leaders would be stunned at the news of the empty tomb? Imagine in their minds if they thought back to Jesus' words and they realized that he had the power to take his life up again. He explains that it is for the reason that the Father loves him for his obedience. What is this word life we hear that Jesus repeats as he will, that he will lay down? Let me answer that for us. The word life is not just this bodily housing, this body that we commonly think of when we use the word life. It is not this brief fleeting moment. It's not this temporary place that we uh, that we exist. It is not this temporary that he is referring to when he says he will lay down his life. The word that he uses is suke, and this word is used to describe the soul or the breath of life. The reason that this is so important that we recognize is that Jesus is pointing out that he will give his everything for his sheep. This is the mission that the Father has given him, and he is willing and loving enough that he will complete it. Though it be a bitter cup, he will taste it. He, as he prayed, not my will, but thine. That is the love that he has for his sheep. He would give everything. And if you indeed are his sheep, he gave everything for you. Now would you note with me how specific that Jesus is in describing who he will die for. Again, I draw your attention to verse 15, in which Christ declares, 
I lay down my life for the sheep. Please notice that it does not say for the world. It is an, uh, a common uh, mistake to misinterpret and use that word world in reference to other scriptures. In the Gospel of John, we see the word world or cosmos used as ten times, and it is misused often. The word picture that Christ draws for us in verses 3, 4, three through 5 is of him making a call among the community sheepfold. But he calls, he calls only his by name. He knows your name. He knows you with this gnosko this morning. He knows you by name. He teaches us that, he, that we will not answer to another name. It was known in that day that if another imitated the shepherd's voice, the sheep would scatter because they recognized it. This is a picture of what it is for us when we experience false teachers. Many times we, we can understand and recognize that. And it is because we will only follow the good shepherd because we are his. We only follow him for he died for us. Christ's substitutionary death was for a particular group of people, namely for his sheep. It is a particular redemption. It is for those who are his sheep. It was for the express purpose of purchasing his church that Christ went to the cross. Ephesians 5.25 teaches us that Christ loved the church and he gave his life up for her. It was at the cost of his blood, and not one ounce was shed in vain. Jesus hung on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth, with the purpose of reconciling the sheep unto God himself. And as he hung on that cross, he knew his sheep, just as he knows you today. And no one for whom this good shepherd hung on the cross for, will ever perish. For we are promised eternal life. For they shall be saved, are Jesus' words. Many here might doubt the power of such a decree. Many might scoff and believe that this sovereign election is not so. But I declare to you that if you are sheep, he will triumph over your dead heart. By what means, you may ask. I put forth that it will be by the work of His Spirit that will regenerate you and bring you to faith. For that we praise His name because it is not anything that we could ever do. It is only by His work as He continues to promise over and over again throughout not only this gospel, but from what we see from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. You will have no say in the matter, but you will be pleased on the day of his work in your heart. The peace that passes all understanding will be yours. But that price was the blood of Christ who laid down his life in obedience to the Father. And if indeed you are his sheep, I want to share with you this third and final promise.
that we will look at this morning. The third promise is he loses not one of his sheep. I stand with Charles Haddon Spurgeon who loves this doctrine above all. I love this doctrine because it promises me that it is not by my work. It promises me the ultimate power that Christ has over his church. The sheep will not leave in the end. For this, let's look at beyond this morning's text verses. We will look to John 10, 27 to 30. Hear the words of Christ, the good shepherd. He says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. The ultimate claim to deity, he has placed himself as God before these who are the hirelings. Imagine what it must have done. Notice with me that no one will snatch the sheep away. Not your own fleshly desires. Not the enticements of culture. Not your neighbor's. Not your relatives, not your selfish prides or ambitions. None are strong enough. Not even the opposition of Satan and his demons can snatch you away from his hand. For in the end, just as Martin Luther has said rightly, even the devil is God's devil. Nothing in the end will make shipwreck of your faith. If we are indeed in his grip, for he is greater Just as Christ has just said in this, he is greater, greater than all that can come against us. For he has promised to complete the good work that he began on the day of the Lord. When shall we perish? Say it with me. Never, never, we will never perish. For the Lord Jesus has declared that he will give us eternal life and we shall never perish. Just as it was ordained that Christ would die upon the cross before the foundations of the world, so was your salvation. The saints shall persevere. We must look closely at the Lord's words here and do an examination. Question one, do you hear the good shepherd's voice? By that I ask, do you have a deep-rooted love for this good shepherd this morning? Is his his voice called? His voice calling to you. Are you responding to his voice? Will you respond to his voice? Question number two that we should contemplate is, do you follow him? Is his desire for your holiness the priority in your life? Test your obedience in this. Is his his desire For your holiness, what is most important in your life. I beg you this morning to continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. For it is God, God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure.
For no question in this, in this life is more important than do you hear the voice. No question is more important than do you follow. This life is eternal. It will never end. He knows you. And you will know him for eternity. If indeed you are of the good shepherd's sheepfold. He will never lose you. You are firmly in his and the father's grip. For he and the father are one. Thank you.